0: receiving incoming transmission did you know Jesus put fasting on the same spiritual level as feeding the poor and prayer yet none of us seem to do it hmm that changes today radical Christian welcome back everybody it's me drew the radical Christian hello to my daily renegade people and hello to my radical Christian people the two channels as one today we get into our first training course on spiritual warfare. This is a new series called Becoming the Warrior Priest. This is where we get into the things that are needed to combat the forces of darkness. Now, while I'm doing this series, please keep me in prayer. Please keep my wife in prayer. The enemy has already tried to come against several things in our lives during this episode. And guess what? It doesn't matter. We're still gonna push forward for the kingdom. So, no glasses today. That's because today is a super serious topic. But just in case right here. Now, the books we will be using for this week's episode are The Bible, written by the Holy Spirit, The Sharif Imperative, written by Michael Lake, Fasting, The Key to Releasing God's Power in Your Life by Derek Prince, and How to Fast Successfully by Derek Prince. So we're using four materials, and we're using a little bit of the warrior priest mindset, I forgot. So we're using five materials. That's where we got the source material today. As you know, we are born into a spiritual cosmic war for the souls of everyone around us. You are in this war whether you want to be or not. So you might as well learn how to fight. And that's what, we're, that's what we're doing today. We need to grow in our training for war. Now, when you join the king's army and you get handed a sword, you're not expected to go take on three warriors at once. You're expected to start small. You're expected to learn how to use that sword before you're asked to go out there and battle the top tier warriors. So you need to train over time to become an effective knight of Yahweh. Now, when you get into things of spiritual warfare, you will be met with opposition immediately. Most likely immediately, if not shortly after you start. You are directly engaging the enemy. By being baptized, you are directly engaging the enemy. By praying for people, you are directly engaging the enemy. By speaking about your faith, you are directly engaging the enemy. You are spreading the knowledge of your kingdom and that engages the kingdom of darkness. One of the lost arts, if you will, of the warrior priests of Yahweh is fasting everyone knows what fasting is pretty much everyone's heard of it but are we doing it often enough some of us have even have never even done it now I myself have fasted multiple times have I fasted as much as I should most likely not and hopefully that changes starting now after what I now know about fasting so as we are in this war we need our marching orders and we need our blessing from our king the Bible provides much of our marching orders and blessings however to get the last bit of it we need to reach out to the king himself. And we do that through fasting. So let's unroll our scroll of fasting and get into our first Becoming the Warrior Priest episode. Now, what is fasting? Fasting is best defined as a voluntary abstaining from food for spiritual purposes. Now, fasting can include water or other physical pleasures. However, that is the exception, not the rule. Mostly it's just abstaining from food and focusing on the things of the Lord. Now, before Jesus started his public ministry, he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, as seen in Matthew 4, 2. So let's get into that. And after he fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he then became hungry. So what this says right there is that because it says he then became hungry, this would kind of give us a clue that this was not a food and water fast. This was most likely just a food fast, or else it would have said he became thirsty. And you know you become thirsty before you become hungry. And we know that Jesus was both God and man, so he felt everything a man would feel for fasting for 40 days. Another clue this verse gives us is that Jesus was no newbie to fasting. The fact that he fasted 40 days and 40 nights means that he probably led a lifestyle of fasting, which is what we're supposed to do. So you have to build up to 40 days and 40 nights. You don't just go out there and get thrust into that kind of fast right away. Now granted, God can empower you to do anything. However, he does work through a certain order. Now I believe every one of us as a believer has a ministry. I believe our life is a living testimony and a ministry to others. So whether your ministry is on YouTube, a podcast, the pastoral platform, whatever it is you have a ministry, so you need to be equipped for that ministry. And if you have a family, you need to be equipped to defend your family spiritually. Remember our, our war is not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual forces of wickedness in high places. All the spiritual entities, that is what our war is against. It's not against flesh and blood. So what is the purpose of fasting? And remember guys, this is a crash course. This is your entry into the world of fasting. This is your starting point. This is your first marching order. Hey, report to this destination, get your gear, and go start fighting, okay? This isn't your end all be all on fasting. Now the purpose of fasting, I have right here seven reasons why we need to fast. And we know seven is the number of completion in the Bible, So. Let's hope this is a complete list for what you need to get started. So number one, the first main reason, and I would say probably the main reason, is to humble ourselves before God. Now we know that God hates pride and that Lucifer fell to that very sin. So let's look at Matthew 23, 12. Whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. So what this says is, if you try to lift yourself up, God will bring you down. If you bring yourself down, God will lift you up, according to his time. Now, God hates pride. Now, what pride does is takes the focus off of God and puts it on us. Now, this is bad for two reasons. Number one, anything we do or have done has ultimately been provided by him. Therefore, we have no room for bragging. It's his air we breathe, it's his body we use, and it's his planet we exist on. So there's no room right there, logically, for boasting in our own strength because we've done none of it. Now, the second reason is, like I said earlier, pride takes the focus off of God, which leads people astray. If the focus is put on anything other than God, it leads people to something other than God. So that's why, for all of our accomplishments we do, for everything good we receive in our lives, we need to give God credit and guide people, point back to Him. So let's get into some verses about humbling ourselves. So Matthew 18, 4, Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. James 4 10 humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up and 1 Peter 5 6 humble yourself therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time so as with many biblical principles we are the ones who have to put them in place it is not up to God to humble us although he can and sometimes he does things that will humble you he crushes you down in a moment of pride but it is up to us to willingly humble ourselves he gives you a choice. He is a gentleman. He gives you a choice in, in your destiny and your fate, and it's up to you to humble yourself. It's up to you to choose either humbleness or pride, and a lot of us choose pride, even in ways that we're not realizing our pride. Now, one of the ways to humble ourselves, like we mentioned before, is fasting. Now, fasting deprives your flesh, your body, of food and, and weakens you. Now, while your body is weakened, your spirit is being made stronger by the, the Bible verses you're reading and the chapters you're reading and the prayer you're doing. So you are feeding into the spirit and taking from the flesh. So it is making the spirit the more powerful force in your life, the more powerful aspect of your life. Now we're gonna get into example, in a, a biblical example and a little history lesson of someone who humbled themselves and sought God. And I think, I think now that we did the intro, it's time for the glasses. Now Ezra was preparing to lead a group of returning Jewish exiles from Babylon back to Jerusalem. And they had a long trying journey through the country infested with bandits and their enemies. So they also had their women and children with them. And they were carrying various sacred artifacts from the temple, sacred vessels. So they needed God's protection now more than ever. And Ezra had two choices. He could A, ask the emperor of Persia for reinforcements to protect them, which he most likely would have given. Or B, he could fully trust in God for this. Now he chose to trust in God, and this is what the verses say. This is Ezra 8:21 through 23 There by Ahava Canal I proclaimed a fast so that we might humble ourselves before our God and ask him for a safe journey for us and our children with all our possessions. I was ashamed to ask the king for soldiers and horsemen to protect us from the enemies of the road because we had told the king, the gracious hand of our God is on everyone who looks to him but his great anger is against all who forsake him. So we fasted and petitioned our God about this and he answered our prayer. So Ezra was in a predicament. He had to choose between the carnal answer of asking for fleshly, earthly protection, the physical answer, or he had to go with the spiritual option of God's supernatural protection. If he would have chosen the carnal answer and got the reinforcements, it would have been a poorer witness because he told him, God will, God has our backs, basically. He says, God's face is on everyone who looks at him. So if he turned around and said, oh, by the way, can you protect me because I'm worried about what's gonna happen? That would kind of shine a poor light on God. Now, if he would have chosen that option, that would not have necessarily been sinful. It just would have been the less faithful option. It would have been on a lower level of faith. Now, he chose to humble himself and his people with him before God and asked for a supernatural help and protection. And they fasted and humbled their souls before God. So they petitioned God and God heard them and granted them protection for their travels. So in that example, we see what's called a collective fast or a corporate fast. That's where a group of people all are in agreement and they fast together in uh, in one purpose. Now that is separate from a singular fast where a single person fasts and they keep it to themselves um, except for the ability to tell their spouse. That's it. Now Derek Prince, Says fasting renounces the natural to invoke the supernatural and the most natural thing we do is to eat so that was our first reason for fasting to humble yourself now we have our second reason our second reason is to draw closer to God and for that we can look at James 4:8. it says draw near to God and he will draw near to you that's pretty straightforward now the third reason to fast is to understand God's Word more clearly the fourth reason is to find God's will in an area Now, if you're waiting for a sign from God to fast, wait no further because the Bible tells you to fast. He tells you through the Bible to fast. Now, if you're looking for a specific word via fasting, if you're trying to use fasting to get a certain answer, you can do that and you can better hear his voice if the flesh is quieted and the spirit is perked up. And he will lead you into the direction of the answer if that is his will. And that's what we're ultimately seeking, his will. So reason number five for fasting, to heal or deal with deliverance. Now, healing heals the body. Deliverance heals the soul. So that's why they're tied in together. Now, we see in Isaiah 58, 8, it talks about fasting that pleases the Lord. And it says, thine health shall spring forth speedily. Now, this also applies to spiritual health in regards to deliverance. Like we mentioned, deliverance from demons. Now, Jesus said in Matthew 70, 21, when his disciples couldn't, uh, couldn't remove a demon from somebody he says however this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting so we saw that this demon would not leave unless prayer and fasting was involved now when he says this kind does not come out except by prayer and fasting the word kind is the same word as species the same word used for Noah so what this tells us that demons come in different species different kinds and they come in different rankings of power okay so this one couldn't couldn't be brought out by normal means by the disciples Now, there are two schools of thought on what the demon being brought out by fasting and prayer means. The first is that prayer and fasting made the demon come out. So the act of doing those two things made the demon come out. The second is that prayer and fasting prepared the person. It it cleared up them spiritually, and they were able to expel the demon more efficiently. You'll have to decide where you land on either of those. I would say it's a combination of both. I would say, obviously, prayer removes the demon using the Lord's name. But I would say, you know, I could see the case for them needing to be spiritually clean to take on a demon of that level. So, in Michael Lake's book, The Sharith Imperative, he gives us an interesting take on what may have happened in Acts 16 when a woman with a python spirit of divination was following Paul around harassing him. So, in our Reshef Apollo episode, we briefly learned about the Pythia priestesses of the Oracle of Delphi. So, this was in Greece. So, this girl was one of those. Now, Acts 16, 16-18. through Now it happened, as we went to prayer, that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us, who brought her masters much profit by fortune-telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And she did this for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. So right here... We see that the spirit that Paul rebuked the spirit after several days. Now why would that be? Now Michael Lake says, as a man of God, you know when you're dealing with a demon. You know, as a as a spirit-filled Bible-reading man of God, you can tell when something's up and there's a demon involved, usually. Especially someone who gave the devotion to the Lord that Paul did. Now why did he wait several days? Well, he may have tried to expel the demon and could not, and then started to fast, or he knew it was a stronger demon, so he started to fast And after several days his fast was complete and he rebuked it as soon as he could that's a very interesting point I could totally see that being the case and that lines up with scripture so that's all good on my end now we get into our seventh reason of why to to fast and it's to intercede and pray on behalf of others so this is to do combat for your unsaved family or loved ones or to pray for your saved loved ones uh, people you hear on the street people you you, uh, you encounter on your travels. Me and my wife, whenever we hear sirens, we pray immediately for who they're heading towards. Now, this is another reason to fast, to, to get the Holy Spirit's power to indwell you and to empower you more than you would if you had sin in your body. If you're focused on the worldly things, fleshly things, you can only keep so much in you. You know, So if your focus is here, you can't be focused here too. So you are to drift away from this and move to this, and fasting can accelerate some of that. So those are the reasons. Now we're gonna get into how fasting changes us. So remember this point, fasting prepares God's warrior priests for the battles that they will face in his name. So you are going to be in battles and fasting will prepare you for those battles. So we're reading the word of soul prayer. You need to do these things to get ready for what's coming your way because you don't know what's around the corner. I mean, you do, you know, you know trials and testings are around the corner. You just don't know when and the, the caliber that they're in. So you need to be prepared. And as Knights of Yahweh, we do nothing without the power of the Holy Spirit. Have you ever tried to stop a sin in your own strength? It's impossible. It's impossible unless you bring the Holy Spirit in. Now here's something that fasting does. This is Acts 1.8. But it, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and all of Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So the this shows that the Holy Spirit brings power. Okay, the power of it, the Holy Spirit empowers his believers. Now, fasting is a surefire way to clear out your, your life spiritually and be ready for the Holy Spirit. Be ready for that power. Now, that is a way to release that power upon our lives. Now, we as humans are limited in what we can do on this earth. However, God, what God can do through us is without limit. It is limitless. So, that's why we need to be in tune with him and his kingdom and we need to, be, we need to have him shining through us 100%, not 90%, 100% to where we can get the most done for the kingdom we could help the most people. And if we walk in the power of the Spirit, we will stop walking in the powers of the flesh. Now we see that in Galatians 5:16 through 17. It says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. So our soul, our personality, our ego, however you want to see it, our free will, this is where your old man resides, the sin, your sinful nature of who you were before Christ. And this is where the new man resides. So you have to control which one is, is reigning supreme. It should always be the new man and not the old man. You have to keep pushing him down. He's trying to trying to creep up out of the swamp and you push his head back under the muddy water. Now, in this personality, ego, soul, free will, you have you have a way that it expresses itself, and it is through three three expressions. The way that our soul aspect expresses itself is through I want I think I feel because the functions of the soul are intelligence and emotions so these are its three expressions I want I think I feel so when you want something it's obviously your flesh when you think something that's your mind that's a soul and when you feel that's your flesh so that's how that's where the, these things are coming from now when we fast and put those that area into subjection we don't think so much of I want I think I feel We start to be in tune with what the holy spirit is saying what the holy spirit wants what the holy spirit thinks what the holy spirit feels we start to be in tune with that and we start to be able to pick up on that a little easier so let's get into jesus and fasting we're gonna look at luke 4 1 through 2. then jesus being filled with the holy spirit returned from the jordan and was led by the spirit into the wilderness being tempted for 40 days by the devil and in those days he ate nothing and afterward when they had ended he was hungry so before jesus entered his public ministry he had two important things happen Number one, he was baptized and the Holy Spirit descended upon him. So it started to dwell with him and, and live in him. And two, he fasted for 40 days in the desert. So these were the two things that kicked off his ministry. Now this is a strong case that our victories over Satan come through fasting and humbling ourselves. Sure, we can get some victories without those things, but if we are living like Jesus lived and we look at his example, he fasted and humbled himself before the Lord and he was able to leave that wilderness with a victory over Satan. So fasting is a spiritual discipline that all of us need to be well-versed in to be effective for the kingdom. Now uh, we're going to get into a little gem of the kingdom, a treat, if you will, something that's very awesome. Now, when Jesus went into the wilderness, the verse says that he was filled with the Spirit. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now let's see what Luke 14.4 says about how he started his ministry after that experience. So remember, he, after he was baptized and went into the desert, he was filled with the Spirit. But let's see how he was after. Luke 4:14. 4, then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee and news of him went through all the surrounding regions. So he went into his testing and trying period, filled with the Holy Spirit. Then he started his ministry in the power of the Holy Spirit. So from the time of his baptism, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. But after fasting and becoming tested and passing it, the power of the Holy Spirit began to, began to flow through his life and his ministry. So there is a difference there that we were noticing. We all have the Holy Spirit as believers, but are we walking in that power? Is the Holy Spirit empowering us as much as he can? I don't think so. Now this is what James talks about in James one, two through four, about trials. He says, My brethren, count it all joy that when ye fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. So we as Knights of Yahweh as warrior priests of the kingdom should welcome trials, testings, and tribulations. We should welcome it. Why? Because they develop patience because they develop growth in our spiritual walk. So you put the, the sword into the furnace and burn it. You make it malleable, bendable. So you could take it out and work it into a fine folded steel metal weapon through a thousand hits with a hammer. The sword becomes strong and it hardens and that's what happens to us. Now, another thing Jesus mentioned was in Matthew 6, 17. It says, but when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face. So right here, what we're going to look at is he says, but when you fast. He does not say if you fast. He says when you fast. So right now we see that it is a commandment. It is something we are to do. Now, Jesus put fasting on the same level as prayer and giving to the poor. These can all be seen as the three main duties of the Christian walk, and all of which are not optional. So he puts it on the same tier as that. Now, here's what I want to ask. Are we doing those things? Are you doing those things? When's the last time you gave to the poor? When's the last time you fasted? When's the last time you even sat in true prayer? For both of us, for me and you, not often enough, I can tell you that much. But this is what we're supposed to be doing. Now, are we too busy with our worldly jobs, with our work, with with paying rent? Are we too busy with that to do these spiritual things? What I would say to that is, we have our focuses wrong. Even if we need to pay rent, we need to rely on God to pay rent. We need to take care of the kingdom first and the rest will be given to us. So it doesn't mean just disregard everything and, and, and skirt away our responsibilities. What that means is get take care of the kingdom first, then all will be given to us. And also, uh, I think Proverbs 3 or 5, one of those two, don't lean on your own understanding about how you're gonna get the rent paid. Don't lean on your own understanding about how you're gonna have time to make dinner. You put the kingdom first and God will provide the time. He is the master of time. He's outside of time. How can he not give you a couple more uh, minutes and hours here and there? Now, with that, we're gonna go, go into the warrior priest mindset in regards to fasting. What mindset do you need to have? Because you can't just go in with a foul mindset. You can't go into your fast with selfish desires in mind or or you can't go in with no focus whatsoever. So let's say you're just you don't have foul desires in mind, but you just have no focus. That's not a good idea either. First, we're gonna take a look at the negative mindset, the mindset that you don't want. And in my book, this is the warrior priest mindset, this is what I call the Pharisee affair, and I also call it the counterfeit priest mindset. So this is all about being overly religious and holier than thou, and if you fast and you start to act holier than thou, you are doing it wrong, and you need to take some steps back and repent and pick back up where you left off. And I say that from experience. So the first trait we're gonna look at of the counterfeit priest mindset, the mindset we do not want while fasting is self-serving and twists scripture. So these counterfeit priests twist scripture to serve whatever they need at the time and wield the sword of the spirit in a perverted way to benefit themselves and harm others. So we see Galatians 1, 6-9, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ, unto another gospel. So they're being moved into another gospel. Now, Revelation 22:18 through 19. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. So this is their portion for doing what they're doing. Now let's get into our next trait, the self-righteous and selfish part of the mindset. These counterfeit priests embody the holier than thou persona and are always looking out for themselves before others. Now let's look at Matthew 6, 1. Take heed that ye do not do your alms before men to be seen of them, otherwise ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Now, right there, if you are doing these spiritual practices and you're bragging about them or even even letting people know besides your spouse, oh, I'm fasting, that's why I'm not eating, then you are no longer spiritually fasting. You're just doing an extreme diet. That's what you're doing. You are not seeking the Lord's face. You are seeking your own glory. And that is your reward. Whatever glory you're able to get from that, let's say you're able to, to get people to applaud you. That's your reward. I hope you like it. You won't it won't carry over in heaven but I hope you like it actually I hope you don't like it but we also see these modern-day Pharisees in Matthew 6 16 through 18 it says moreover when ye fast be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance for they disfigure their face that they may appear unto men to fast verily I say unto you they have the reward but thou when thou fastest anoint thine head and wash thy face that thou appear not unto men to fast but unto thy father which is in secret and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward you openly so these pharisees these counterfeit priests will make a whole drawn-out spectacle of fasting they put ash on their face sackcloth oh i'm fasting oh i'm so hungry but i'm doing the lord's work oh man it makes you want to rip their beard out doesn't it so we are not to be this way. We are to do it in secret. You know what he says? He says do the reverse. God says, you know what? Go put some nice oil in your hair, put on a nice shirt, squeegee up your face, get all clean, you know, spray some spray some uh, body spray on you and get out there and look good. So nobody will think that you're fasting. And the reason why is it's between you and God and anything else will taint it. So it's between you and God and what you do in secret with him, you obey him and you do that in secret publicly he will reward you because you're being his faithful servant so he'll put honor and favor and glory upon you So then people are like man that person's getting really blessed And if they ever talk to you they find out oh this person's a Christian This person follows the Lord and they actually follow the Lord So then they see the source of your blessings and ultimately blessings uh, he loves you and he blesses you But they also point back to him and get people saved So what is the proper mindset to have the proper warrior priest mindset of fasting? We see that also in Matthew 6 16 through 18 in the portion where it says, but when you fast, put oil on your head, wash your face, so that you do not show people that you are fasting, but your father who is in secret will reward you, like we read earlier. So the proper way is to hide the fact that you're fasting, do not lose your heavenly reward, and to fill the times where you should be eating with Bible reading, uh, in addition to your normal Bible readings. Now, while you're fasting, if you're mean and grumpy because of your fast, that is not the right mindset. The proper mindset is to be Christ-like, Not to fake it, but to act in the way that Christ acted. That if you have a biblical focus, it shouldn't be hard to to try to stay on on that path. Now, like I mentioned earlier, the one person you could tell is your spouse. And that is because you both have to come in agreement about not having sex for the fast. Many times in the Bible it mentions to abstain from sexual relations while fasting. Now, if your wife does not agree with you on that, or your husband doesn't agree with you on that, you may have to not fast at that moment. Or you may have to fast differently. You may have to, you know, do a different kind of fast, but they also need to know for dinner preparation, you don't want them coming home with two big steaks and then you're sitting on the floor crying, holding your stomach and they're your spouse. So they need to know what's going on in your life. You need to know what's going on in theirs and you need to work together as a team. So another part of the proper mindset you need is focus. You need to have a focused mindset with fasting. That means you need to pick something you are fasting for. You need to be fasting about something. You, can, you can't just mindlessly fast, that's ineffective. That's just aiming a gun blindly and shooting, hoping you hit something. No, you have to zone it in, sight it, boom. Great, now this, get, this video is gonna get pulled down because I said G-U-N. But you need a clear reason why you're fasting. Let's see what Isaiah 58.6 says that fasting does so you can pick your reason. Isaiah 58.6, is not this the fast that I have chosen to loose the bands of the wicked to undo the heavy burdens and to let the oppressed go free that ye may break every yoke. So we see four things that fasting can do just in this verse alone, breaking the bonds of the wicked, undoing heavy burdens, letting the oppressed go free and breaking every yoke. Now, these are all spiritual. They're removing of demons, they're removing of demonic burdens, the are removing of sinful fleshly burdens, sins that you won't let go. So th- these are some options for you to pick to have your focus during your fast. Now all these things are exactly what Jesus' ministry was about. He wa- he went all through the land doing these things. Now we are not to hide in our house clutching our stomachs when we're fasting. We're, we're going to be out in the world and living out how Jesus would act. Now another interesting thing that uh, Michael Lake brought up is just like the dark side empowers occultic objects with demonic power and gives them to people and it kind of curses them and brings demonic influence over their life. Why can the same not be said for the good side? We see in Acts 19 that Paul uh, had handkerchiefs and aprons that he touched and they were sent to the sick and it healed them. So think about this when you fast. Think about if your giving to the poor is empowered by your fast, by the power from the Holy Spirit. Think about if stuff you touch or you interact with is supercharged by the Holy Spirit while you're fasting. This is something to think about and to test and to try to you know apply to your life to see if if you can do this. Because if you could do that, this opens up the possibilities you know for mass healings, mass blessings going on in people. So now, towards the end of our journey, we're gonna do a quick, you know, practical section about medical conditions or you know the actual practicalities of fasting. So, if you have diabetes, you know, you can't go and fast the same way that I would be able to fast. So you can you have options. You could fast from a specific type of food that's your favorite for an extended period of time, or you can fast from uh, all the pleasures in your life that you go after, like you know your movies, your shows, your personal reading book fast from that and the meal, and get it as close to a fast as you can, and deny yourself those pleasures. And God will ultimately know your heart and know your circumstances. So, another thing to pay attention to is you wanna ease into the fast. Now, when I fasted, I fasted for three days, right off the bat, I didn't do like a one day fast, and it was a little harsh. I I, I was able to complete it through the Lord, but it was a little harsh. Um, and the reason being is, when you stop digesting food your body starts doing other things. One of those things is releasing toxins in your body and starts fighting against them and removing them. Now when those toxins are released trying to get out of your body they go through your bloodstream, they go through your body and they hurt. They give you headaches. Um, they make you slow. They do all that kind of thing. So a good idea would be to fast one meal, then move up to fasting a day, and then three days. So the fa- fasts we hear about in the Bible, some of them are a 40-day fast, which is the mega fast, three-day, one-day, and um, I'm sure there's others, but I, uh, those are the main ones I've seen. Now, it's up to each of us to sit with the Holy Spirit, sit with our Bibles, and determine what kind of fast we're going to do and why we're going to do it. The Bible commands us to do it, so we go do it. Now, another thing Michael like suggested is some people that to get a gallon of distilled water and organic lemons and cayenne pepper and mix it together and it it creates an alkaline state for your body and that helps you with these toxins that helps your body stay strong while it's removing these toxins so that's the practicality but the most practical thing the most important part is do not forget that God is your purpose your focus and your strength while you do this that is the purpose the focus and the strength he, he's that for everything but while you do this don't lose sight of why you're doing this okay you don't want this to turn into just another diet you're doing inadvertently so god is the focus now before we get into our why this matters for our paid content this week i'm going to tell you a little bit about uh, a time in my life where i needed god more than ever i was calling out to him non-stop and he showed me something it was a dream he was in it and it was very interesting it was very personal and and um i'll get into that but in closing Why this matters? Why does this matter for the warrior priests of Yahweh? So this matters because it is a commandment from our king. This matters because it is spiritual warfare. This matters because it subdues our flesh and excels our spirit. It does away with our flesh, okay? This matters because it is a part of every warrior priest of God's armor set. You have your armor of God and you need your fasting, just like you need your Bible, the sword of the spirit. You need these things in your arsenal. Okay, you need these things in your, this is the warrior priest arraignment, the warrior priest battle gear, and you need this in your set that you're given as a believer. This is what you are going to make war on darkness with. You need this, we all need this. Maybe we can organize a corporate fast uh, through the channel. Um, That may be a good idea, and we'll fast for a certain purpose. Um, Oh, right now, uh, Josh's son Nathan is sick. So if uh, this isn't necessarily a corporate fast where we're all doing it, but i encourage you to fast and seek the lord in prayer and pray that that the sickness in in josh's son gets cured start there there's there's an assignment for you right there given by god you know not given by me but that's something that needs prayer and you are prayer warriors priests so go out and do that that's where you can start so it is this matters because it is important to be walking in the full power of the holy spirit you don't want to be a limping believer. Just like the the saying goes, you don't want to get into heaven wiping ashes off your your cape or whatever. You're wiping ashes off your shirt that you just made it in. No, you want to walk in. You you can have scars and blood, but you don't want to be burnt to a crisp. Like the dragon just hit you on your way in. No, you want to you want to walk in honorable and noble, and you want to not be focused on the cares of this world. You want to let God provide for you. You don't want to be so focused on your million hour a week job that you miss time with your family. That is not okay. Take care of your spiritual home. Now this is what being a warrior priest is all about. The warrior in you fights for the souls of your friends and family, fights for the protection of your family, and fights to detach from the world. The priest in you provides the discipline you will need and lets you act in a disciplined manner to walk out these spiritual matters, to walk out these fasts and complete their purpose. The priest in you will take care of the discipline, okay? So you need to be a warrior and a priest to be a full Knight of Yahweh. I hope that episode was great. It, this was an episode that the enemy tried not to get out. Um, I gave up on it and said I was going to do it later. And then today at work, I was like, no, I'm, I'm getting this done. I didn't feel rushed because God is not a God of rushing or haste. He is a God of patience and timing. So because I felt peace about it and I didn't feel rushed, I felt just determined. It happened. So you may have not had as much fun during this episode, but guess what? The Christian walk is not all about fun. Believe it or not, it's about duty sometimes. So now, that's all for this week. God bless you all. Keep praying for me and my family. I'll keep praying for you guys. God bless you all. Seriously. And let's get into our paid content. And that's all. See you guys later.